0: Welcome to the Future of Figure Skating, a podcast with the changemakers and visionaries who are making our sport healthier and more inclusive. My name is Anna Keller, and today I'm excited to be talking to six-time French national champion and two-time Olympian, May Berenice Meite. May is making her comeback this year after having to withdraw from the 2021 World Championships with an injured Achilles tendon and then missing the 2021-22 season while she recovered. In addition to her competitive career, May is already making an impressive impact on the sport, whether by working with the Figure Skating Diversity and Inclusion Alliance, educating skaters about nutrition, athlete development, and body image, or launching her business to help athletes promote themselves on social media. May has many talents and an amazing vision. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Thanks so much, May, for coming on the podcast. It's really exciting to get to talk to you. I'd like to start off just by asking you about your preparation for the season that's coming up. You've been away from competition for about a year, mostly. And what is your training like these days and what's coming up next for you?
1: Well, first off, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be on your podcast. And I really love your vision and um, I'm excited to be a part of it. As for the preparation of this season, this summer was really Intense um, because it's a roller coaster of emotions. I have to get back on track. I have to get back in shape, um, creating new programs. Finally got back to the US in my main training center. A lot of exciting things. How do I get back in shape by doing programs over and over again, I guess. Uh, Working on details, working on the technique, perfecting everything, trying to get those feelings back. Working while being tired, this is not fun, but we know we need to in order to present to all of you guys as flawless as possible programs. So then it looks effortless, although it took us quite some time to get there. Uh, But that's mainly what I'm doing right now, perfecting everything, working on details
0: are you planning to do any challenger events this fall or um, what's your competition schedule going to look like?
1: Yes. So I'm planning on competing uh, by the end of September in Slovakia. And then right away, we have the national first national competition in France, which is going to be master, So I'm going to do back-to-back competitions. And yes, I would have to compete a lot this season in order to get back in the ranking because obviously when you were a season off well other people are not off so they keep climbing up and some newcomers are here so um, I want to reestablish myself so definitely on the program for this season I'll have I think four, four or five challengers or international competitions on top of the nationals one and hopefully the Grand Prix of France which I would have to get qualified for.
0: Yeah, hopefully there's still that host spot available and that will be a good place for you to slot in. That is a lot of competition after time away. Are you excited
1: for it? Nervous for it? Both? Yes, I'm both. I'm excited. I'm nervous. I'm not going to lie. Because, yeah, being away from competitions, obviously you lose the feeling. Already when we are like during training for the summer preparation, uh, when you come back for your first competitions, you can feel the nerves and everything. So you can imagine how much harder it can be when you have like one year off. But at the same time, it is exciting because I finally will get to compete again in front of an audience, present my new programs. So there is always that excitement to show what you've been working on. Uh, So it's a mix of both and mostly excited.
0: Speaking about your new programs, what can you share about your short and your free for this year? So
1: the short I have revealed that it's going to be about, uh, well, all Michael Jackson's music, they don't really care about us. And that's a reference to um, what happened, sadly, in 2019 in the U.S. that had a worldwide impact. And it impacted me a lot. For some reasons, I've been aware of the Black Lives Matter movement for quite some time. I've been following what was going on. I've been seeing, unfortunately, all those people being killed. It was a cause that was always dear to my heart, but I thought that maybe I needed to maybe have a medal or something like big, so then my voice could be heard. But then I realized that you don't need that. You just need your talent, your passion, your voice to express what you have in your heart and um, to try to make a change to your level, you know, and through skating, I feel like there is a lot that we can do because yes, it is a sport, but it's also an art. We have the, the luck to be able to express ourselves with our bodies, with lyrics, with musics, to share feelings, to share emotions, to share powerful messages. And through that program, that's really what I want to do. I'm a part of a minority in video skating as well. So, um, you know, it's, I think, a a greater message that I want to share to the world using the skills that I was lucky to get and nurture throughout all those years. Uh, So for the short program, that will be um, the goal. And that's the message. As for the phrase gate, I will announce soon what it is, but it's a complete different style of music um, because I wanted to showcase also the diversity of what I can do and challenge a little bit myself to, you know, not do only what I know I can quote unquote easily do, uh, but do something where maybe people won't expect me as much, but that means a lot to me as well. And uh, my free skate program is going to be for my mom. And it will also talk about the relationship I nurtured and built throughout the past two years with God, because I'm a Christian and I'm faithful and religious so that is the message behind that program so to be coming soon
0: that's exciting so these are both very meaningful and a lot of you know deep messages that you're working to share with these programs yes. is that something I mean, that seems like a new step for you to be doing that why uh, this season is the right time for you to be taking on these very meaningful programs
1: because for me this season is the beginning of something new. I have been skating for 22 years. So I've been here for quite some time now. <laughs> I've been in seniors since uh, the age of 16. I'm about to be 28 and I told myself that if I was coming back to skating, I wanted to have meanings and intention behind everything that I'm going to do. I really want to have some fun, so I want to choose program that have a special meaning to me. It can be through a powerful message for a cause that is greater than just myself. That can be a message that is gonna be for somebody that I love, my mom and God. They are doing so much in my life. My dad too, don't get me wrong, my dad too. Uh, But specifically that program is gonna be for my mom because the sacrifices that she makes are just tremendous and there won't be enough words to express my gratitude toward her. But I feel like showcasing that to the world and having the intention every time that I go out there for that free program to just skate it for my mom will be something like that means a lot, I guess, to her and to me. And uh, it will give me the strength and the power to just do my best to deliver as much as as I can. And some days it might be good. Some days it might be not as good. But the intention behind it is just like bigger than just the technical aspects. So that's really where I want to go with those programs. And that's why I decided to do it now, because I took the time to think about how I really wanted to go from now on with my career. And I want to have fun. I want to enjoy and I want to I just want to be me through those programs in different aspects and different ways. So that's why this season
0: one of the things that I always appreciated about your skating is that I feel like I can see some of your intention and your emotion in your skating it all you always seem very present in whatever um, emotion that you're communicating with your skating so it's a really cool thing for you to be able to you know, take on some of these, um, you know, bigger messages outside yourself, even though it's not using, you know, it's not using words, but it's using the medium that you have. Yes. Thank you so much. The video that you put out for the short program announcement it was really, really powerful. What kind of response have you had for that so far? I know sometimes it's tough for athletes to speak out on things that get called political or they mm-hmm. you know controversial or that kind of thing but um, you know you have such a powerful platform to do that
1: yeah um, honestly it was only positive messages people are excited to see the whole program it gives me even more like motivation to work hard to polish that program to do justice to the work to the people who have worked with me as well to bring that vision together because yeah I had the vision but I was surrounded by amazing people. Rohin choreographed my program and he really got the essence of what I wanted. I was able to partner with um, the show Music on Instagram. He was like very, uh, he blew blew out with the Pussycat Dolls remix. And I was like, I'm pretty sure he can really help me bring together the vision musically of what I want. So then um, everything clicks together. The response were just positive and I'm I can't wait. I just can't wait.
0: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing the full thing. In competition, it's going to be very exciting. You mentioned that being one of the few Black figure skaters at your level, um, you know, you have sort of this role of representation and inspiring others. Could you talk a little bit about, you know, what that means to you? Does that feel like it's a a pressure or, you know, something that you can bring to your skating? Uh,
1: At first... I didn't really knew that I had that role um, because for me, well, what's funny is I never, I never experienced anything bad related to my skin color in skating. I'm one of the lucky one where I was just like surrounded by skaters. We didn't see colors. We didn't see ethnicities, origins. We were just like a bunch of people loving the same thing. And that's how I was welcomed into the skating world. So for the longest time for me, it was just like, we're skaters. That's it. But then I realized that it wasn't the case for Everybody, especially coming to North America, where um, the system is not the same as in Europe, where in Europe, in my home, personally, I was surrounded by people of color. Like we were from all backgrounds. So to me, that's just the norm. That's just that's just regular, you know? Uh, if you look at the French team back in 2011, 2012, we were, a co- we are a colorful team. We had people from all backgrounds, really. But then with everything that has been going on also, I realized that some other Black kids or kids from minorities, they didn't feel as happy in their environment because they didn't have specifically that role model or they felt alone or they were pushed to the side because they weren't like the others. And that's when I realized that while having one or more example of representations, because we are actually a lot of skaters from minorities, uh, we founded the FSDA, the Figure Skating Diversity and Inclusion Alliance. And um, it has helped a lot of little kids uh, just seeing that there are other people like them and that they can do it too. And they have several options within the sports to choose from. You can do ballet, you can do uh, sorry, you can do ice theater, you can do synchro, you can do ice dance, you can do pairs, figure skating. And they have examples of people that have been on tours and doing shows, some others that have been to the Olympics, some others that are like a world medalist. So you can do it all, as long as you set your mind to it and your body uh, type or your um, your gender or your origins or your skin color should not have anything to do with your abilities to just be able to express yourself on the ice and. Now I take that role very, like, um, it's dear to my heart to be able to show that it won't be given to you. It won't be easy. Might not be easy right now, but with determination, a vision and motivation, you can achieve whatever you set your mind to. Uh, And yeah, you might be the first one, but that's great to be the first one because then you will inspire some others to do the same thing. And if you see someone else do great, well, copy what they do great try to understand how they do it great and try to duplicate it for yourself to do it great. So that's why I really try to do with my platforms. And I really want to use them to do that as well because I realized that sometimes we don't even see ourselves as example. For me, I just go to the rink and I practice every day. But then I realized that the, the little kids, they look up to me. They look up at the way I work and my work ethic. I, at uh, how I'm passionate about skating, how I hold myself while skating. But those are things I don't realize. I just do them naturally. And then that's after you see the impact that you can have on those kids. So I'm like, you know what? This is a big responsibility because, you know, they look up to you. You have to have a good behavior. And sometimes, you know, when you get angry, you don't want to, you can't do a jump. (laughs) You want to scream and stuff like that. And you're like, well, you know, you have to show, uh, lead by example. It's not always easy because obviously we're all humans. We all make mistakes at times, you know, it happens, but it's a wonderful journey because also that is a great motivation for me personally, but I guess for everybody who is like some sort of leader or people that look up to. You just want to do better, bigger things and like pave the way for them to to have it a little bit easier also. Well, quote unquote, easier, just so they can reach their goal and their dreams too.
0: Yeah, the work that FSDIA is doing is really very great. I've enjoyed seeing some of the different panels they've put together and some of the community building. Is, yeah. It's really wonderful. Like one of the things that, you know, I think about is like, you might be, feeling a little isolated in your own home rink, you know, even if people are nice, it's still sometimes uh, hard to be, you know, the only person um, of a particular identity. But then if you see that you have a broader exactly. community in skating, you know, that really goes a long way toward making people feel, you know, supported and welcome. Exactly.
1: So that's what we're working on. <laughs>
0: So I wanted to ask a little bit more about your recovery over the last year and um, what that process has been like. Uh, How did you keep motivated when you were doing your off-ice recovery and some of the part when you weren't able to get on the ice? And then what's the process been like for relearning some of the skills that you've had to work on since? I try to document all of this because I thought
1: it would be nice to share the raw feelings and all of that. So the process was good because I had something else to focus on while I was rehabbing. I had to finish my master's degree. So I had to write my thesis, which I had plenty of time to do after that. So I was like, well, great. That also gave me plenty of time to reflect on what I wanted to do if I really wanted to come back to skating, because that was the question. Because I'm like, oh, listen, you're 27 you're not that young anymore. So what do you really want to do? And if you come back, how? So I took the time to think about that. I also took the time to understand why I got injured, all the things that led up to that. So then eventually I could prevent that from happening again, because it's important to learn from your mistakes or to avoid doing that again. I also got the opportunity to work on the professional project, well, projects, several ones actually, because my mind was just on fire. It was just, I wanted to keep myself busy. So I started to do some digital planners because I love digital planning. I love everything, no code, digital and stuff like that. I'm a little bit of a nerd. So, you know, I got into that. I loved Notion. So I discovered that I was into creating a few templates. I also uh, integrated um, an incubator to work on a bigger project to create a sports management uh, platform to help athletes um, build like strong ecosystem around them to help them like, you know, reach their goals, whatever they set their mind to. If they want, if their goal is to go to regionals, how can we build the best team for them to get there and be at their highest level of performance? So this is really the vision that I have. Um, This is gonna take quite some time, But with the incubator, I was able to build the foundations, understand how I wanted to work, uh, what are the resources that I will need, all of that. And now I'm working on the very first version of uh, that project. So it's uh, scary, but it's fun. Those are all the things that helped me cope with the whole process and not think about, oh, I cannot skate, that sucks. So I was always busy in that sense. And then experience has shown me it's better to take your time to recover properly. So it might take six months, nine months, a year. I don't care. But you have one body. You can have more opportunities to go to a competition and stuff, even if it's frustrating. Not going to lie. Missing an Olympics is something, but I'm lucky to have been to at least two. So the, the body, you only have one. If my tendon is not recovering well, then that can be some an issue for the rest of my life. So if I can give a big advice to someone is whenever you're injured, I know when we're young, we just want to go, 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 go. But remember that you have one body and you want to make sure that you are fully recovered before you come back on the ice. Because that is one mistake I made. And I kept injuries for eight years. It wasn't fun. I started to lose interest or the love I have for skating because of that, because training in pain every day is, no, you shouldn't be training in a sort of pain that will make you hate the sport that you started in the first place. You should be in pain because you've worked hard, because you've pushed your limits. But it's, it's a good pain. It's not like the pain where you're afraid of going to practice. You don't want to do your programs because it hurts. You cannot do all the elements. You're not 100% like, committed because you can't. So that would be a piece of advice. And then the recovery went pretty fast, actually, uh, for an Achilles tendon. But also we're athletes, so the doctor always says, usually we recover a little faster than the quote-unquote average people. So I was back on the ice um, in October something like that I was pretty good I could run I could do everything like before but I had the 30% efficiency between my right and my left leg still so I was able to go back on the ice but they told me don't go crazy you cannot do jumps and stuff like that you have to start with skin skinning skills slowly but surely one hour a day two hours a day like gradually So that took some time and actually I'm still recovering from getting my muscle mass back because we don't realize how much we use our calves until we don't have calves anymore. I couldn't do upright spins, sit spins, camel spins, layback spins on my left leg for the longest time. It took me a very, very long time to recover that. Still to this day, when I'm tired, the calf is not powerful enough to do whatever I need to do. It's a long process, but at the same time, I see improvements every day, every week. So that's pretty cool. And that injury has taught me patience, resilience, and uh, to really listen to my body and understand the needs, where to push and where not to push
0: have a culture it seems like in skating of getting injured pushing yourself even to get back out and keep competing and this you know this idea that maybe you only have a couple of years or this one opportunity so you have to do it now and not think of the long term it seems like much of what you're showing is that if you take the time to actually recover and come back that you can have you know a longer career and you can get stronger later you know even later in your Career, oh yeah
1: well if we if we look at luna hendrix she's now a vice world champion and she went through a really rough time where she was off for two years three years something like that uh, with a very bad back injury look at her now like she's thriving um so sometimes those moments are just meant for you to build yourself stronger to work on weaker areas of your skating life maybe or stuff that you're not good at and that you never have time to work on but now I have time to work on stuff that I never wanted to work on before so you know it's it's all about the perspective like how you decide to take it you can either see it as oh my gosh my life is terrible Um, this is uh, wow I don't know what to do or you can be like well that sucks but I can still work on this and that and that and usually I don't like to work on that well let me try to get better at this and then you come back stronger so you know it depends on the way you take things you can see the glass half full or half empty
0: Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. I broke an ankle when I was 17, Mm -hmm. not skating, just like running in the woods. And um, because I didn't know how to take care of that and recover from it, it took me a long time to realize that actually one ankle doesn't bend as much as the other. And that's why my, my footwork is weaker on that side of my body. And that's why I started having my hip hurt and all of these things that follow along. But even so, like, there's still so much that you can do just once you're aware of what's going on to start working Mm -hmm. on it. And it's, it's empowering to know what you need to do. Oh yeah, Like not like, oh, well, I guess for some reason this thing is hard. And it's like, oh no, this thing is hard because I'm dealing with this limitation, but I can put in the work to get around that.
1: Exactly. That's the way I, I see life now. And I love that you were able to understand that and then work around it because sometimes we feel that we're just stuck and that's just who we are and we like there is no issues but there is always a solution you just have to find like the root to your problem or understand or try to find for answers then eventually you'll be like okay well that makes sense and then you can work around it afterwards
0: during the last year, you were training with uh, Lorenzo Magri's team in Enya, and then now you're back in Florida. So you've had, you know, a lot of different coaches in different countries and different types of um, training environments. What are some of the things that you've taken from each of those environments? And, you know, what do you look for now in a coaching team?
1: I'm still going to train in Italy uh, for most of this in-season because that's in Europe easier to travel from there. I'm very picky with the coaching team just because I've had some experiences and I know what I need also and what I'm looking for. Both my coaching team are like complementary, So that's amazing. I was able to work on my foundation, my technique with uh, Lorenzo and the team. They have helped me put my jobs back together because One thing that we do when we're injured and we keep skating on it is that we reinvent the technique, which I've been doing on my jumps. I couldn't understand why I was jumping that way, even after being healed. And I realized that, well, when your muscle memory has ingrained the movement for so many years, now you have to undo to redo, which takes a lot of time. Hence why I say take the time to, to heal yourself and then come back because it's not worth it really not worth it, would not recommend. So Lorenzo and the team are helping me fundamentally with my technique, working on drills, working bettering my skin skills as well. We are working on the small details that make the big difference. And they were able to put me back together like in no time, which I was very impressed because when I first started, I was like, oh, Lord, what am I doing? But uh, I trusted them and they they did some magic. So I'm super, super excited uh, with that. And with my team in Florida, we work on the details when it comes to transitions, skating skills, keeping uh, the programs as uh, beautiful and choreographed as they are when there is no jump in those. with the jumps because we all know how it is. Without the jumps, it's all beautiful and stuff. And then uh, we get nervous or we think about the jumps too much. And then like next thing you know, there's nothing else left. So we're working a lot of the, on that. I have more one-on-one le- uh, coaching sessions here in the US because that's the style. So we can really take the time to work on those details. Whereas in Europe, it's more like group lessons. So we it's more like a uh, quantity work Of course, you have your custom um, corrections and stuff. But we work all together, whereas here it's more like detail work. And I can work on my own much more because I have I can jump on the ice whenever I want. And then I work a lot with the videos and stuff to make sure that, um, well, the small work is getting back together. And uh, yeah, we're communicating all together. So then we are all on the same path and we all have the same vision. And what I'm looking for in a team is communication, first of all, and then a goal-oriented team as well, which I'm lucky to be surrounded with because they're amazing people they really want to succeed and they're successful in what they do. So that helps a lot. And the people that will push me through my limits because, you know, sometimes you don't want to, you you don't feel like it. And they're here to remind you that you're paying me to be here to push you. So I'm going to push you even though you don't want it, even though today you might be a little tired. uh, If we can push a little bit, not to the point where you're going to injure yourself, but to the point where you're going to get better than you were yesterday, then I've done my job. So that's what I'm looking for in my training team now.
0: Shifting gears a little bit, you've talked about some of your struggles with body image and eating disorders. And I think that's amazing that you've been able to open up about that and share. And then you've also, I think, been able to show somewhat about what having a strong figure skating body can be with the feature that you did with the Olympic channel. What are some of the things that you want to share with, you know, other skaters or athletes from the experiences that you've had and how you've been able to kind of Come to terms with which is round body image
1: so a round body image there is one thing i would like to do um, which is in my project is to be able to put together i don't know if it's a course or something but to partner with federations so then the proper education is given to the coaching team the parents the athletes environment and the athletes themselves and have them have access to professionals that are working for them. So one dietitian can be working for me, but not for you or for somebody else. So have like resources that they can access very easily with a proper system where they're not relying solely on what they look like, what they eat, but rather understand how they can use that to be more powerful, to be more efficient, to be... Um, to reach their goal faster and how we can also help especially women um, because I know most women are going through that phase when we go from girl to women have a full process to help them go through that phase without it being traumatic because the thing is if I ask today I think 98% of the people have had Body image struggles or eating disorders, trauma that unfortunately follows them after skating. So the problem is, it's not going to stay only for skating. After in life, they can have that and then they might pass it on to their kids or, you know, you never know, because that's what happens with us, with the coaches that we have. They've had that before and they pass it on to us. Uh, And you don't want that. You want to break the cycle. So, how can we break that? By bringing the resources, the tools, the materials and everything that's needed in order for people to understand that this is normal. I guess, I think everybody is aware that girls are going through puberty, that we're gonna have our periods. This is totally normal. The body's gonna change, the the feelings are gonna change, but it's okay. As long as you prepare the before as it should be, that you have the resources and the tools necessary to go through that phase and understand your body, how it changes and stuff, and how you can make it work for you on the long run this is definitely something i would like to work on a lot because we need that we don't need more people tortured with with that because for me it took me up until now to heal from the trauma it's crazy you don't realize how deep it is until you're in front of it like i knew i i had more or less some eating disorders but i didn't know it was that bad and now that i'm was trying to get back on track i was like oh jesus that's even deeper than I what I thought it was so pushing your body to the limit is nice but it's also nice to know the rules so then it's a good balance you know between you push the limits but it's not like the limits where sometimes you you get to a point where you cannot come back
0: yeah yeah to have like an actual sense of what what the science is behind these things that get you get told like oh okay well it's always better to be lighter well not necessarily It's about actually looking at what's going to work for your body and what you're able to do and what you need to be strong and to be able to jump and all of those things. What works for one person is not necessarily the same diet or regimen that's going to work for the next person. Exactly. I feel like
1: more science should be brought into it because I have a morphotype that is different than, let's say, Mariah uh, Bell or... um, Star Andrews, for example, we are both Black, but we don't have necessarily the same body type. So again, what works for her might not work for me. Uh, So how can we make it work? Well, if you know the morphotype, if you know how your body works internally, then we're able to bring together a solution that will work for you. Then everybody will be happy because everybody will see the results. So that's where I really want some great work to be done. And that's where also the team is important around you. Because one good thing that I love about Lorenzo and John and Sylvia that are surrounding me is that they understand that my body type is different. So even in the correction that they gave me regarding the technique, they take that into account because, yes, we want to work on that type of technique. But at the same time, I don't have the body type of the people who are usually doing the technique. So how can we adjust compared to what I usually do? what I look like or my body type and what we would like to have in, in the end. So it's, you know, it's a, a little bit like chemistry. You have to play with all the ingredients to see what, what's going to work. Yeah. But if everybody has this, this approach or at least the resources to understand that morphotype work like this, that will be what we would recommend to do. I guess we would go a long way with that. And also um, seeing more womanly body, like woman body out there also helps. Because then we understand that it's doable, even if you're, you're a woman, and you can do it too.
0: That there are ways to be a successful skater that don't involve essentially avoiding having puberty and doing all mm-hmm. kinds of damage to yourself in that process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's super interesting for me to hear about your experiences. Well, you know, I, I was always told from the day I started that I was too tall to be a figure skater. And so I carried that experience through my life the entire time. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm doing pairs and where being tall and having the height difference is an advantage, I you know, think, oh, if I had started skating with that in mind, I would have gone in with such a different thought about my body, about what I could do in the sport and all of these things, even from that young age, like the messages that you get about you know, who belongs and who doesn't even just based on your body. Yeah.
1: And that's crazy because to me, it doesn't mean anything. Your difference is your uniqueness. And actually that like, that is your strongest weapon. Uh, usually the thing that we hate the most turns out to be the thing that will open our path or uh, will reveal to be the, the way we have to go. Like you're never too tall, you're never too small, you're never too big, you're never too too much of anything. Uh, you can use that to your advantage, actually. Okay, it's easier for me to say that now, obviously, with a lot of experience. But if maybe the coaches around you saw you and told you, oh, You're you're very tall, that's beautiful. Maybe, maybe you would be an an amazing ice dancer. Why not? Or maybe you could do this, or let's try and see how it works. And maybe you're gonna go to this and that. And maybe that would have changed your, like you said, your perspective and you would have had another path. So you never know. And I feel it's important also for coaches to be like mentors in the way that their words. Can have a very big impact on the kids that they're teaching therefore you have to be careful of what you say and how you say it uh, it's a big responsibility to be a coach to be honest i'm like i i mean i i would love to be one but at the same time i know the impact you have on those kids life so you want to make sure that you are a mentor, you are a a trainer, a coach, a manager, Uh, like there are different aspects that you, you should have to, you know, build up that confidence in them so then they can keep pushing to their abilities, like if they are able to go up until the, all the singles and that's all that they can do, but that's great, that's their level of excellence, if they can go up to the quads, well that's amazing, if they can go to the triples, that's great, like everybody's different but you should always cheer them up and if you can't then to me I would say well I don't have the capacities to help you in that area and I would recommend this person that has the capacity to do so I feel like that's how it should work but again it's easy to say I'm not in there so
0: yeah and then when you do come across coaches who have that ability to really see, you know, what is special about each skater and work with them on, you know, their own path and their own goals. That's a really wonderful thing and I'm so lucky now with the coaches that I work with who, you know, even though I'm in adult level skating, still take, you know, me and my goals seriously. So I wanted to ask you a little bit more about some of your business projects and some of the things that you're starting to launch here. One of the things that you've talked a little bit about on your Instagram is the precariousness of funding as an athlete, even for someone like you, who's the you know top skater, one of the top skaters in your country. Could you talk a little bit about why funding as an athlete is so difficult and some of the impact that that's had on you and what you want to be doing in the future?
1: Funding as an athlete is like a whole story um, because.
0: Obviously, most of federations and
1: countries, they want to invest in you when they're sure of the outcome somehow, where they're sure you're going to get a medal or, you know, they want you to be established in order to fund you so then you can get where they want. But in order to get there, you have to sacrifice a lot. Your family has to sacrifice a lot. You personally have to sacrifice a lot of time, energy. Sometimes you have to go outside of the country to get the resources, find like the material or uh, the person who will be able to bring you to that high-performance sphere. Some people are able to do those um, sacrifices. Some others are not willing or they cannot. So that's where I'm like, social media, we've seen the impact that it can have on somebody's life. This is something that we all have we're all on our computers telephone like phones and stuff like that 24/7 mm, let's not lie And there are so many things that we can do. We can use social media to build a professional network. We can use social media to build a community. And when you have a community that follows you from scratch up until you become, you reach your goal of going to regionals or going to the Olympics or going there or building that, well, this is very strong. This is valuable because then they've lived the journey with you. They understand the struggles that you went through. They will most likely encourage your journey by either sharing your message giving what they whatever they can give, uh, volunteering for you if you ever organize something. So there is a lot of power in using the internet to like go somewhere. And as an athlete specifically, uh, those are tools that we can use. Instagram today is a platform, the platform where you want to be because you have opportunities of collaboration, partnerships with brands that are like, we could not have imagined that 15 years ago, but today it's like more doable. You have the possibility to touch celebrities, like to be in contact with them, direct contact with them, which again, 15 years ago, unless you had a contact, not possible. So it can change your life. Uh, It can help you fund your career. And that's what I'm trying to do. I want to show athletes that first off, it's important to build your community because then you contribute to be your sports ambassador in the first place. Uh, You get to have your sport known a little bit more. If it's a smaller sport, for example, if you have built your community, more people will be aware of that. And you don't specifically need to rely on the mainstream media that we all know about. Uh, sometimes using the internet is just as powerful, if not more powerful than what we already know. There are so many things that we can do using social media, and I see so many opportunities. I've experienced that myself. I was able to get some brand deals that have helped me survive. And I'm like, if I can do it, if it has helped me, it might help somebody else. So getting organized with all of the ideas that I have and everything that I have to do with getting and stuff is hard but I'm trying to establish myself with business with me. Uh, It's like a consulting, digital marketing strategy kind of thing where I will help people get established on social media, have a cross-platform strategy, for example, if they need to. But I can also help athletes, but also coaches, clubs, federations. And it goes beyond the sport because athletes, If they want to have collaborations with brands, I can also help those brands, for example, because the marketing side, this is something I've studied. So I kind of know and I have a vision. So we can bring their sports and their abilities and their skills in a different way. So then it's interesting for the brand, for the athlete. It's a lot of experience. So all things like that, that's what I want to do with business with me. And then I also want to be able to build like my little community for everything, digital planning. Um, because that will be a a source of income that will be passive where I don't have to trade my presence, but it will just work for me. So I want to experiment a little bit on all the things that we can do with the digital world. And then after when I find like the recipe, Then maybe share it with others and see what, how we can duplicate that to help them with their skills and what they know, what they do to make it work for them. So then they have the funding that they need, because we can see that sometimes kids have the talent, they just don't have the resources to grow and bloom as the beautiful athletes that they can be. And we have a way to use that to our advantage. So that's what I'm trying to do.
0: It's really interesting and I'm so excited to see sort of how this works for you and to follow the development of these businesses because it does seem like the money question is one of the hardest things to figure out in skating when we talk about how to make skating more inclusive, how to, you know, make training environments healthier, all of these things that, you know, will improve the experience add in even more costs on top of how expensive skating can be to train already. And so then, you know, how to give more control over it to the athlete themselves is really powerful. Oh, yeah. I was really impressed, for example, seeing what Olaj Balde has been able to do with, you know, with his skating and how wide an audience there can be for skating on the internet outside of you know the traditional channels and then when i went to See stars on ice. I kept overhearing people who had come specifically to see him. He was the skater that they knew, even though he was the skater who hadn't been to an, on an Olympic team or sort of the traditional pathways to fame. And it really, you know, opened my eyes to how many other opportunities there could be for skaters that are not just the traditional, very narrow pathways to being able to make a living out of the sport. Oh yeah,
1: because he just showcased for fun his skill and. And Data Pinkett-Smith, whom we all know, shared the video. And from that day, his life has drastically changed for the better. So it's just to show that trust in your skills. Keep showing up, even if there is only one person watching. Because you never know who's watching. That one person can be the one person who changes your life. Keep developing your skill. Keep practicing. And keep being passionate about what you do. Because that will be the secret ingredient to your success. And then try to be curious also. Try to learn what's going on. Be, you know, in touch with the latest trends and the platforms to be and all of that. Because, again, you never know who's watching. You might catch the eye of a cast director or, I don't know, a publicist to see. Oh, I don't know. You never know. Like, you don't know who's behind the screen. And all of a sudden your life can change. And in skating, we're even more lucky because this is a sport, but this is also an art. So if Elijah, he's like amazing at expressing himself and he has gotten even better and better over the years, showing his love for dance on ice, he can do the backflip and stuff like that. So those are all the things that we should work on because that can lend you opportunities, like life-changing opportunities like that. So you never know. yeah.
0: Yeah. Was your master's degree in was in marketing, right? So then that must also be skills that you can be bringing into combining your own life experience with this, with what you learned in school as well. Exactly.
1: Um, My master's was in management and marketing with a specialty in business development. And I have, when I tell you tons of ideas, sometimes it's just overwhelming because I'm like, okay, I cannot... It's one person. I cannot start all of that. But with the business development part, that's where I'm like, I can really help athletes scratch basically, um, because that's something we need. You need to have a personal branding. Like brands wants to know what you're all about. If they have ideas that they want to put into place, that is something I can help them with. Because again, I have the practical knowledge and then the theoretical knowledge that I've got from school. And I always... Uh, invest in my studies or like knowledge constantly so I'm reading books I'm documenting myself I'm having mentors that are showing me like how I can scale up so combining the creativity the skills that skating brought me because skating being an athlete in general brings you a lot of skills too that you can use as well in the professional world and then seeing how I build my personal brand so then I can help others those are all the things we can combine to create something like different and unique because I, I haven't seen that for bigger skaters at the moment so I'm like hmm, why not
0: yeah it does seem like so much of skating marketing and agents and everything are sort of dominated by just a few companies that have done it for a really long time and you know they can certainly get athletes on a path but you know, is that the path that's going to work for everyone? Not necessarily. There does seem like there's a lot of room for, yeah, new ways for people to build their careers and based on their own uniqueness, like you're doing. So the basic idea around this podcast is how can skating be healthier and more inclusive for all of the athletes that are participating in it? And so is there anything we've touched on, you know, a couple different aspects of that, but is there anything that we haven't talked about that you would want to bring up or that you'd want to emphasize when it comes to that question?
1: Um I think we've touched for me the some of the most important subjects, but the main thing would be to work constantly on the openness of the sport at all level, judges, coaches, athletes. If everybody is more open to changes, open to discovering new approach, new ways of expressions. If we're all welcoming of differences, um, because not everybody's gonna look like us, but it doesn't mean that you're worth less. Uh, you're just different. So let me get familiar with your difference. Uh, let me get to know a little bit more of your difference. Let me learn about your difference. If we were all in that space of mind, it will make the sport healthier and uh, more breathable for people to just be themselves and be like, I won't be judged for who I am. I'll just be who I am, enjoy my sport, do whatever I want to do and then go home and then I'll be happy about my day. So I like to live in utopia and that would be my utopic story. Like everybody would be welcoming of differences.
0: Well, you know we have to we have to imagine what things working looks like in order to make steps towards that. So I like that vision. Thank you so much for taking the time. It's been really great to talk with you. I'm looking forward to following all of your projects and your season. Well, thank you so much for having me. It
1: was amazing to be on your podcast. I wish you the best of luck with it because I truly believe that it will make a great impact on our fierce new world. So I'm excited to hear all of your podcast and thank you again.
0: I hope you enjoyed that conversation with May Berenice Mete and that you're ready to cheer her on when she starts her season at the André Nepola Trophy at the end of September. You can look at the show notes for this episode for links to many of May's projects. May is on Instagram at Mae underscore M-E-I-T E and at Business with May. And her YouTube channel is simply May. You can reach me with comments or suggestions for topics and people I should talk to by email at fsfuturepodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram and Twitter at Future Podcast. Remember to subscribe to the Future of Figure Skating Podcast on whatever platform you use and share it with your friends.